And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Download our Red Eye Radio app today and listen when and where you choose if you can't listen live overnight. Sad day yesterday. A lot of celebrity deaths. It's Cindy Williams from uh, Laverne and Shirley. Yeah. Uh, she uh, apparently had a short illness, wasn't disclosed what it was, uh, 75 years of, uh, of age. I was just doing some research on it. I went, ah, Laverne and Shirley. I mean, happy days I saw. And then I remember Laverne and Shirley being on happy days. I, there was mm-hmm. an episode they were on, forgot who they were dating. They were dating somebody. I just remember that episode. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, then they got their, their own series. They were on from like 76 to 83. I didn't know yeah. they were on that long. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. They were on a long time. Mm-hmm. I think Michael McKean is the only one who's alive from the, the, the yeah. main staff. Everybody. The four main players. Yeah. 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 And uh, the only thing the only thing I remember from Laverne and Shirley is is the opening song. You know, the opening yeah. song and yeah. Yeah. and and the, the glove going through the, the beer production line on top of a bottle. Right. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And and the I don't don't know who the actor was who played Carmine, where he would always sing. Yeah, I'm gone from rags to riches. Yeah. That's the only thing I, I don't. I couldn't tell you one episode of the show what it was about. You know, like like Happy Days, I could. Yeah, I I remember, yeah. and then the only one I really remember well is the one that you and I always uh, always talk about, where uh, where uh, it was the presidential election and Fonzie was supporting Ike. Yeah, Eisenhower. Yeah, and, and his speech. I like Ike. My, My bike, bike likes, likes Ike. Ike. <laughs> <laughs> I both remember that. Yeah, <laughs> but that was said. Then uh, Lisa Loring, who played Wednesday on the original Wednesday on the Adams yeah. Family. Yeah, and yeah. I'm I'm telling you, her her friend. It was like they said. Her friend said she died from smoking and high high blood pressure high blood pressure I, went, yeah. I was like whoa that's blunt and it's so funny because so many celebrities when they die it's like no cause was listed no cause was listed this friend comes out she died from smoking and high blood pressure right whoa yeah okay uh and then um and to me i you know 
Adam's family was, you know, she really didn't have great, you know, roles in it. She was right, extremely right. young, but mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, John Aston playing Gomez was just yeah. He was just he, he was funny. What is his it? smile was funny when they would blow up the trains. Yeah, him and Uncle Fester go up and blow, yeah. and the look on his face. The, and I went, wow, they really figured out that he's fourteen years old. You mm-hmm. know, and that excitement of being mm-hmm. able to yeah blow up your model train without any consequences. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they uh, they've done a new take. I haven't seen it. My wife has. She said it's pretty good. Uh, the show's called Wednesday, so it's about Wednesday, yeah. Adams and and the Adams family. Uh, a friend Tim, of, Tim Burton, friend of mine told me she was watching. I, I, she, I, has sent it to her. She goes, "Yeah, I, I watch. I've watched that new show. It's, it's on uh, Netflix. Yeah, yeah. So I haven't seen it. I haven't. I saw one scene as I was walking through the room. There was one scene involving a swimming pool. I, I, honestly, fifteen seconds, maybe at the most. But uh, uh, I'll take my wife's word for it. I don't have the, I don't have the time right now to pick up a new series, but uh, they they say it's doing pretty well. And then uh, uh, Bobby Hall, the uh, great Chicago Blackhawk, mm. who uh, who died yesterday, eighty four years of age. Yeah, um, and he had some controversies afterwards. I think he was one of the. I'm paraphrasing here, but I, I, I know I'm accurate on it. Where he had the comment on his Hitler. Well, you mm. know, he did a lot of. You know, he he did a lot of really good things. He just went too far. Probably not what you should have said against Hitler. And then there were the yeah. you know abuse allegations he right. had on right. on a few of the the uh, I think one of I don't know which wife it was or a girlfriend or whatever. Mm. But I remember there that was out there. But I do remember one story that he told that was just great. And this is when he was playing for the NHL, and the NHL just you know he didn't think he was being well paid enough. But the World Hockey Association was coming after him to jump. They wanted Bobby Hall. Mm-hmm. And so he just didn't want to bother with them. He didn't want to go. He wasn't happy with what he was making, but he just figured there was nowhere else to go, and he wasn't going to go anywhere else. Right. So he just said they came, kept coming after him. He goes, yeah, well, then tell them if they pay me a million bucks, I'll go. They paid him a million bucks. He had to go. Mm. <laughs> I always love that story. Mm. <laughs> it's like, oh, just, all right, just tell them. I'll go for a million bucks, thinking it would never in a million years happen. They actually went to some of the owners of the World Hockey League, the, of the other teams, to get them to pitch in in order to pay Hall. Yeah, right. So that yeah. was, but mm-hmm. uh, just a. Just it's like we've joked about uh, being consultants. Yeah, if you pay us a billion dollars and then all of a sudden we get a call, yeah. hey, let's. <laughs> Uh, we'd like to pay that billion dollars. I would actually go, yeah, don't really think so. Because I, I think about, I think about all the mess. <laughs> I think about all the messes you would have to get in. Number one, when would you have the time to spend any money? And number two, all your money would go to lawyers after you became a consultant because you'd be testifying all the time. And so, yeah, um, you know, I, I had one instance sort of like that in, in, in the radio business. I, uh, there was one, uh, this, uh, this place wanted to bring me out. I didn't want to go. It's like, it was just too far. I don't mm-hmm. want to. And, and so, but I went on the interview anyway, cause I knew a couple of the people 
the consultants that had, you know, said, you know, you might, you want to hire this guy. And I'm like, mm. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I didn't know it, but I had, you know, I, I was talking to another friend consultant of mine. I had no idea he was related to this station that he knew the people and he filled them in on everything that mm. it would take to get me. Mm. And I just figured they would never do it, you know, and I, and, but I didn't tell them that. I never approached them with it. They just gave me the first offer and it was way above what I ever thought I could ever make. Mm. And thank God I had my sunglasses on because they gave it to me outdoors. We were having lunch outdoors and the sun was out mm. because my eyes were popping out of my head. I'm like, oh my God, I can't refuse it. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't here. I want to make that clear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wasn't here at this job. Yeah. No, no, no. It's just. Uh, but I, I, so, I mean, I, that happened to me one time. You're like, oh, wow, I didn't think that was going to happen. Because I was already, they're not going to make, but they're not going to do it. They're not going to. And that's, that's probably, you know, one of the few pleasant surprises that anybody ever gets in any industry where you're like, oh, so they're paying me. They want to pay me more than I even think I'm worth. <laughs> well, it's always you know, a great moment. <laughs> I was thinking about this recently with a friend of mine who is in a very high position. And but in that career field, it is common. In fact, everybody, you know, since the beginning of time, you're looking to get that next promotion, go to that next level. Right. I mean, it is it's just the way it is. And now he's at the top. And it's a mess. And I'm thinking to myself, again, maybe all the money in the world may not be worth it. And I don't mm-hmm. mind saying on the air, and because I haven't talked to him about this, uh, but it's Raul Ortiz, who is the uh, chief of the United States Border Patrol at the moment. Yep. And I'm sure that, you know, he he can spell out all the problems they're dealing with, and he has. <laughs> Uh, once recently in a deposition for the Attorney General of Florida. Um, but you it's one of those, you got to be careful what you uh, ask oh, for yeah. or strive yeah. for, right? And you, you work to get to the top, and all of the men and women in the Border Patrol, you know, you're looking to get that next pay upgrade. You're looking to get that next, uh, you know, elevation in in um, in status and, and, and rank and all of that to, you know, to move up uh, the ladder as... as what you're designed to do you you do things better you stay longer and you make a career out of it and your passion drives you to that point i haven't talked to uh Raul about that uh, but i have to believe that wow it, but it it's the case for just about any job though i mean if you yeah. if you go from and i was reading a story about a uh one ceo that started in the company unloading trucks and is now the ceo well, you know, you think about that ground floor thing and then, all right, um, you get a promotion. Next thing you know, you're a manager. Next thing you know, and then all of a sudden you're running the company and you're looking at everything going, oh, my gosh, everything relies on me being, you know, right yeah. about these things and doing making the right moves along the way. So it really applies to just about any job in that way, um, whether it's uh, the public sector or the private sector. Yeah, Um you know, there was a, another job that that uh, I was offered one time, and I'll never forget. It. it was like this is my dream job. You know, this is mm. exactly, and it was the worst job I ever had mm. in radio, yeah. worst I've ever had. And I thought it was going to be my dream job. Right. And then 
Uh, again, that wasn't this job. <laughs> but when I came here, and I'm, you know, I've been honest about it and been telling the story for years, and you know it, mm-hmm. I wanted to come on here a year and then just leave. Right. When I first came on this show, I had mm-hmm. no intention of staying. Mm-hmm. So I got to come on for a year, get my national experience. You know, mm-hmm. it's okay, I've done a syndicated show, and then jump to something else. Here I am, oh, what is it, 18 years come July? Yeah. 18 yeah. years come July with you. Yeah. And you just don't know. You never, the things you think that I'm just going to stay there and go, you end up being right. at right. longer than any other job. And the dream job you think you're going to have is a nightmare. And then you have other jobs where you walk in and you say, they're, you know, they're not going to pay me for what I want. I don't want to come here. And they offer you more than you think you're going to, than you think you're worth. So life throws all that stuff at you and you just don't know. It's best just to, you know, but when I got here, I will say this. Uh, we knew within a week. Yeah. I remember yeah. that. We knew within a week. I remember because yeah. I didn't, you know, we knew. That we of, wanted to quit? No. That oh. we, we, no, we knew we <laughs> had joking. We knew we had something. Yeah. Within a week, uh, we sort of looked at each other and we didn't know each other well. And we went, this feels pretty good. Feels right. Pretty yeah. Good. And it, it, it did. It, it felt uh, natural and, and, uh, and, you know, here we are. 17 and a half years later. Um, but that is also the story of my entire radio career because basically it was, you know, I got a call one morning and got got the job offer and it was like, I I, I got to go to work. You know, I need the job. I got to go to work. I got to, you know, and it's, I, mm-hmm. I don't know that at 18 years old when I started, I don't know that I had any vision beyond the next payday, right? It was about... A job, and no, I was going right. to work, and I was going to, yeah. you know, show up and make sure that I showed up every day, and and then, you know, uh, uh, try and and do a better job so that I could keep showing up, and and so that was you know kind of the the entire design, and you know, nearly four decades later, here we are. My first radio job, I was paid one hundred and twenty five dollars a week. Mm. Yeah. Now yeah. that, because uh, I get more than anything, you know, you're not that old. Mm. Your voice doesn't sound that old. You don't look. That's how old I am. <laughs> or that's how in how much in radio you are. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's got nothing to do with my age. <laughs> I was offered that amount last year. Last, just last year. <laughs> that was the last contract. Exactly. And I looked at you and said, we don't need an agent. <laughs> yeah, right. For you can't afford one. <laughs> for 125 a week. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was uh, my first uh, job. I got paid hourly. And then a few months later, uh, I was offered to go full time. I was full time, but I was offered to go salaried at 200 a week. And at that time, I was making more uh, per job playing music. And I wasn't making that much playing music. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, it it worked uh, for me at the time. It just kind of fit in. It's like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll keep doing this. And I don't know that I, – I will say that before I came to this job, I was testing and looking to move into law enforcement. So, I mean – at one point, I was mm-hmm. like, "Okay, I, I think it's time to do something uh, where my career can serve other people uh, in a different way." 
And then I got this job and it was like the, you know, it was, there's no way I'm, you know, they're going to have to drag me out of here. I'm not going to leave. I remember this radio interview. I went for a job and minimum wage was $4 an hour. Right. And they said, okay, normally we would pay you $4 an hour, Mm -hmm. but you've got a, a lot of experience and the kind of experience that we like. And we think you'd be an asset to this company, so we'll pay you four dollars and ten cents an hour. Ah, four ten. Well, and you I know. T- and I took the job, and eventually I became station manager of that station, and that's where I started my. T- if I hadn't taken that job, if I had been insulted by that, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today because that's the job where I ended up becoming station manager a few years later, and I ended up uh, doing talk radio. Yeah being forced to do talk radio mm-hmm. and then so you never know you just don't you don't know you never know when you you know when you start something where it's going to end right you know but uh, like yeah. the segment yeah 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 and one more thing about uh uh bobby hull and mm-hmm. the death of bobby hull is i didn't mention how much i dislike his son mm-hmm. yeah the no goal oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> when the dallas stars the buffalo that. sabers yes <laughs> I met I met Brett Hull a couple of years after that and yeah. pretended I was angry at him mm-hmm. for that and you know mm-hmm. and he pretended back it was no big yeah eight six six ninety red eye starting and charging system related issues are one of the most common causes of winter breakdowns so when your batteries talk it's important you listen knowing the warning signs that could indicate your electrical system needs attention can help you avoid getting stuck out in the cold this winter. Your truck's inability to crank at the proper speed is the most obvious sign that a battery-related issue is present. If you experience any sluggishness when cranking your engine, get a full electrical system check from a trusted service provider. Continuing to crank a vehicle with low or inadequate voltage will damage the starter and can cost you uptime down the road. This report brought to you by Luberfiner, engineering filters that are built to do more for heavy-duty fleets since 1996. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Progressive Commercial Insurance protects truck owners with specialized coverages for heavy trucks. Get a quote in as little as five minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Hi, Tom Bodette from Motel 6. Leaving the light on. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Well, as the uh, the House was going to have a vote on ending the COVID emergency this hmm. week, Biden comes out and says he'll end the COVID-19 emergencies on May 11th. Mm-hmm. That it will be back to normal on May 11th. Mm-hmm. Interesting because it was just three weeks ago where the panic was all there about the new yeah. Omicron. Yeah, it was, all, it was all renewed all yep. over again. It appeared as if, uh, at least in blue cities and states, they were going to go back to, you know, uh, ramping up mask mandates or yep. uh, working from home. It, it was everybody was unsure how far it would go. And now all of a sudden we've been given the oh, wait a minute. No, we haven't been given the all clear. It'll be May 11th before the all clear when we go into the officially the endemic stage. And my question is. Well, how do you know Why? Why May 11th? 
because you can you you wish I, I believe what you wish to do is neuter the Republicans coming out and and voting on oh, it today. Yeah, because it has nothing to do with the virus itself. Oh yeah, well, duh. <laughs> duh. exactly. Uh, and, but the interesting thing was, I don't know if it was McCarthy or Comer. I don't know who said it. Well, if he's going to do it, why are you still going to have the vote this week? They go because the president lies and we don't believe him. No, that's a great point. And I, I'm like, yeah, because he said, remember when he said months ago, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, this is over. Well, no, right. it's not over. It's not over. So you can't believe a thing he's, when it comes to COVID, you can't believe a thing he says. Right. I went, what a great answer. No, I think that I so think it's absolutely <laughs> the answer. That's great. The IRS, the world's most aggressive collection agency. You're a threat to democracy if you don't download our app, Red Eye Radio. Well, that just reminded me of something, the threat to democracy here. Let me find the uh, the story. It just... Uh, California loses on medical censorship. A federal judge blocks a law that punishes doctors for misinformation. Uh, Wall Street Journal had it. This is one of their editorial board, uh, uh, you know, basically editorials, which is a news story. Mm. <laughs> We've often said it. Ago, to, to me, the Wall Street Journal does news stories in their editorials. Right. That a lot of people don't cover in, in right. depth. Right. Uh, but it's like uh, Newsom boasts, boasts that California is a land of the free, yet courts keep going after him for violating individual liberties. Federal judge did so again last week in enjoining a new state law that threatened to punish doctors accused of uh, so-called, quote, COVID misinformation, end of quote. Hmm. Democrats last year passed legislation empowering the state medical board to discipline doctors licensed in a state in the state who disseminate misinformation or disinformation that contradicts the contemporary scientific consensus or is contrary to the standard of care. The law's goal is to enforce a public health uh, mindset among doctors and silence dissenters. But as the federal judge, William Shubb, explains, the law's definitions of misinformation and contemporary scientific consensus are unconstitutionally vague under the due process uh, clause of the 14th Amendment. Doctors have no way of knowing with COVID how the law will be applied by the board or interpreted by the courts, which chills their practice of medicine. Quote, the judge says, who determines whether a consensus exists to begin with? If a consensus does exist, among whom must the consensus exist? I love this. <laughs> For example, practicing physicians or professional organizations, medical researchers, public health officials, or perhaps a combination. He also asks what sources doctors should consult to determine the consensus. Hmm. The state argued that while scientific consensus can sometimes be difficult to convi- define, 
there is clear consensus on certain issues such as that applies uh, that apples contain sugar, measles is caused by a virus, and Down syndrome is caused by a chromosome abnormality. True, but that isn't what the state's medical enforcers really have in mind. Under the law, doctors could be punished for contradicting the public health statements on COVID vaccines for children or booster shots. As the judge notes, and this is the key to the whole thing, COVID, quote, is a disease that scientists have been only studying for a few years about which scientific conclusions have been hotly contested and quick and and a quote quickly evolving area of science that in many aspects eludes consensus end of quote hmm. he also points out that the in covid that the so-called consensus has developed and shifted often within mere months yeah throughout the covid-19 pandemic he adds certain conclusions once considered to be without the scientific consensus were later proved to be false or excuse me to be considered within the scientific consensus were later proved to be false the elite consensus to close schools to prevent virus transmission is a case in point. Hmm. Uh, a judge, remember, this is only, I think, this is a temporary restraining order on it. But, but, he, but he put wire. This is a restraining order on it until it actually right, goes. Right. He says, Jub, uh, Judge uh, Shrub's ruling is a warning to lawmakers in other progressive states contemplating similar legislation. Then again, Mr. Newsom should have known the law was unconstitutional, but he signed it anyway. He knew it was unconstitutional. Yeah. Of course he did. Of course. And we had stated that exact thing. When you came to it, we said, wait a minute. There is the, you're talking about a disease which is relatively new, which has only been studied and which a consensus, a number of, uh, of times we've been told this is the consensus and this is you know what the disease is, and we found out it was not. Mm-hmm. Uh, we found it. We found out still an evolution, and and each each shot is different. I was reading some uh, really interesting research, you know, about the uh, you know the first COVID shot versus the booster, mm-hmm. and stating that because of how the vaccine works, that you are still if you've gotten if you've gotten all the shots and the boosters, you're still more protected from the original Wuhan virus than you are the latest Omicron. Mm. And, and you, and you, and so that's, it's, and so the point is each one is different and each one is, and as we know, we were first told, and this is where there has to be investigation as to where that came from, that, uh, that the, the vaccine presented, prevented transmission. Right. And there's never any research really into that. And they were promoting that. And the CDC was promoting that. Well, and there's the question, which is, which is why. The the COVID vaccine, the COVID vaccine mandate was based on the fact that it would prevent transmission, and that was false. Right. And liberals were screaming, "If you didn't have the vaccine, you shouldn't be able to leave your house." Right. By law. Right. And the fact of the matter is, is it came down to one thing. I mean, look at all the the policy, both public and private 
that was created in that. You get it or you can't be here. And what was the idea? Well, you were going to spread it. And then when, when the science started to show that, no, it doesn't prevent the transmission of the virus, the leftist agenda was still at work trying to shut that down as misinformation for the longest time. And now it's common knowledge. There's nobody really disputing the fact. And I say fact that it doesn't prevent the spread of the virus. You you look at a situation where the left had their their perfect, perfect crisis. A global pandemic. Oh, man. What can't we do? We can spend. We can control people's behavior. And we can do that. On and on and on and on and on until people said, no, we're not going to do this. We're not going to behave this way. And we're not going to take any of this kind of governing at all anymore, which is why you get to the point now where, my gosh, I don't know. You know, I see a few people wearing masks, but when it comes for the calling of mandate, you have very few Karens in the world that are still doing that. Thank God. Because this is that's the ultimate, the ultimate big government play. Oh, my gosh, we've got something. This thing is as big as global warming. (laughs) It affects the not. Come on, not quite (laughs) bigger. It affects every single household right now and. Well, how do you know you don't have it? Have you been tested? Somebody else may have had it. Well, wait a minute. Did did somebody just sneeze down the hallway? I mean, coughing and sneezing. Do they ever get do they ever get to the point of COVID causes climate change? I don't think they ever got there, did they? They never connected they never connected those dots Gary, that, it's, that can't be connected. It's it's only January. Give them time. <laughs> But this is, that's the the entire approach for the left. How do you get the agenda at work in a big way? You have something big that is affecting everybody. And you, and the moment you start asking questions about it, what was happening? Think about that. Facebook and Twitter would shut you down. If you started asking questions, how dare you? We will not have this as a part of the discussion. You can't be a part of the discussion. And now it is known. There's not even a question as to whether the vaccines prevent transmission. Everyone knows they don't. But you couldn't back then when you first started saying that you were going to be, well, you would be canceled altogether on social media. You know, and, and what what you get is when you when you confront and you to people on the left and you say, you just want to control. Stop it. No, we're just we're concerned just about the medical health of everybody. And it's like, well, no, you're not. And here's how I can prove it. Because we know things that were a consensus are no longer a consensus. Right. And you're still trying to censor knowing 
that this is a relatively new disease where we're constantly finding out new information on it, yet you still won't admit it and you still wish to censor and punish people who don't believe in the consensus today and you know that consensus because you've seen how many consensuses have changed already in COVID. You know the path and still you wish to punish people. Why would you want to do that? Why don't you just want to know that that the evidence that we get can change? I can sit there and say, okay, I can still say the majority of people involved in it initially were doing it with goodwill. But at some point, you still wish to punish people knowing that they were telling the truth and you wanted not just to censor them, but to punish them. Well, the only conclusion I can come to is you're doing that because you wish to have power and control. It's got nothing to do with the disease. It has nothing to do with health care. And you can't make the argument that it did. And anyone who wanted to find the truth was accused of misinformation. And exactly what is it that your site is doing? You know, the thing about uh, lies and the truth. Well, the lies, in order to stay alive, require and to be effective and to have the control that you want them to have require a number of people to be involved in spreading and repeating the lies. The truth sits there on its own and never changes. It's always the truth. Why would you not seek the truth from the beginning? And then when you combine it with these same people who have been talking about not just that, but disinformation on elections or whatever that have been the biggest purveyors of disinformation and actually on elections started the disinformation back in 2000, 2016, 2018, and then they pretend none of that ever existed. Jim Jordan was doing that on the Sunday morning news show. He goes, mm. wait a minute. You're saying that I have election deniers that I've appointed to staff. You, you didn't, you didn't quiz the same people in 2018 and 2016 right. Right. Uh, uh, about this. Well, you're going back to 2000. And, well, I'll go back to 2016 and 2018. You were here. Uh, well, I wasn't here in 2000. Yeah, but you didn't question them and you never right. thought about questioning right. them. Right. And, and so when you look at, at, at the, uh, at, uh, you know, disinformation, my God, the biggest, the longest running disinformation, which still exists today because you've still got Adam Schiff claiming that Trump colluded yeah. with the Russians yeah. to hack the election. He was doing it on Sunday. He's, he's there's, there's doubling or tripling right. down now. They're still doing it. Yeah. And, and not, and then the Hunter Biden laptop. Yeah. So you find out that the people that are screaming the loudest, that we need to protect people from misinformation are the biggest purveyors of misinformation. Of course. So when you combine that to COVID, you look at it and you say, you're only after power and control. You yeah. can't make an argument for your point, so you just want to shut the other side up. Right. You want power and control. None of it is about a democracy. No. Saving democracy. None of it is about health care. It's all about power and control. Prove me wrong by all those issues that we just brought up that the left, that's been their mindset. Right. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. To paycheck. Hmm. Yeah, it's, wow. um, it's exactly what um, a lot of the... The analysis has been over the last several months 
Jamie Dimon from uh, Chase Bank is one of those who's been saying that, you know, the savings that people have, and we question that, well, what savings? But any savings that people have is going to be gone by the summer. And that that appears to be on track. Whatever he would, whatever metrics he was looking at, it appears to be playing out. Yeah, because you and I didn't know. We were like, how in the world did he know that? But it mm. seems... It seems, especially over the last couple of months, what do we have? We had four straight months of yeah. decreased consumer spending. Right. And, and it's continuing. So. Right. And prices are still high, still going up. Yep. Oh, and now they believe gasoline could be at $4 an hour, or $4 an hour, $4 a gallon by March. Yeah. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. Good morning. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carly and I'm Gary McNamara. All across America, around the world, we are. Download our Red Eye Radio app today and listen when and where you want if you can't listen live overnight. All right, I was just reading this here. This is a Washington Post article. I just And it starts out with the word you love. Some Democrats are worried about mm. Harris's political prospects. Some? Yes. Some Democrats. Virtually all, all Democrats. Democrats are. <laughs> and they, they talk about uh, one longtime leader uh, of a, uh, the head of a county uh, Democrat uh, in uh, Georgia has become highly attuned to the factors shaping her party's fortunes in her home state of Georgia. Mm-hmm. The rise and fall of Stacey Abrams, Democrats' unexpected surge in 2020, and the enduring influence of Donald Trump. But now she is worried about the political prospects of the woman positioned to be President Biden's heir, Vice President Harris. People are poised to pounce on anything, any misstep, any gaffe, anything she says. And so she's probably not getting the benefit of the doubt. (laughs) Many Democrats don't know enough about what she's doing. And she added... It doesn't help that she's not that adept as a communicator. (laughs) Well, there is that. Such concerns about Harris's political strength were repeated often by more than a dozen Democratic leaders in key states interviewed for this story. Some speaking on the condition of anonymity (laughs) to convey (laughs) candid thoughts. Uh Harris's tenure has been... Underwhelming, they said, marked by struggles as a communicator and at times near invisibility, leaving many rank-and-file Democrats unpersuaded that she has the force, charisma, and skill to mount a winning presidential campaign. Well, the Democratic Party decided that 
officially in December of 2019 when she ended her campaign for president because she was out of money and her campaign internally was falling apart. It's interesting that, you know, I mean, I know she's vice president, so, I mean, this was the next logical conclusion. You don't pass by the person who's vice president. You know, uh, Unless you do. <laughs> I mean, you know. And, it, unless you do. No, well, yeah, because my question would be, okay, let's say that, that Biden, you know, and all this is about that. Biden steps down. Or Biden runs again in 24 and. <sighs> wins again and then 28 she decides to run uh either way the party has to make a decision on her if anything i'll say this if anything she was a more viable candidate in december of 2019 than she is now and the reason is is because you've kind of have had that vetting process of her being a vice president. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So she's lost more with her party, I would argue, than sh- what she had back then. It's just gone well, downhill since she's become vice president. Well, yeah, because when she, when she was out of office, or I mean, when I went when out of office, when she was one of the first out of the, the, the primary she screamed she was a victim. She's mm-hmm. a woman, she's black, and therefore the the uh, sexism and racism uh, uh, of the Democratic Party is the reason she didn't get a chance. Right. <laughs> she said America, but it's the Democratic Party well, yeah, because it was, it was the primary. Well, that's what yeah. I mean. The message yeah. is the Democratic yeah. Party because America right. has nothing to do with, with right. a, a primary. So since she insulted Democrats, they're all for her at that point. <laughs> Oh, you've called me a sexist and a racist? Oh, okay. As one, now I love this person uh, wanted anonymity, and here's what they said. Every fiber in my body wants her to be president. Everything I've ever fought for really? is for someone like her to be president. Listen uh, to that. Uh, Every fiber in my body wants her to be president. Everything I've ever fought for is for someone like her to be president. What the hell did you fight for? Uh, said one South Carolina Democratic strategist who spoke on the condition of anonymity for fear of damaging professional relationships. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Let's unpack that for a minute. <laughs> Every ounce of my being <laughs> wants her to be Everybody's fiber in my body. This is, it's everything I've ever. But I can't tell you that openly. (laughs) (laughs) Why? (laughs) Since when? (laughs) But it'll damage my professional relationship because people I do business with will think I'm insane. I can't say that out loud. There is some self-awareness there, though. Yeah, I really, really want her to be president. But shh, don't tell anybody I said that. No. No, that person does not want her to be president. I just love that. So I just I just happened to be going by it, you know, when I saw some Democrats are worried. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that would be most, if not all, 
Democrats are worried. Now, the most amazing thing that happened over the weekend mm-hmm. was, and it, it actually became a big story, where CNN fact-checked Biden. Mm-hmm. Fact-checkers target Biden over false and misleading statements about the economy. President Biden is facing pushback from fact-checkers over a recent speech that he delivered in Virginia regarding economic progress that his administration has made during his tenure in the White House. Uh, Biden made multiple claims about the current state of the economy that have fact-checkers from CNN. Mm-hmm. And the House and Ways House Ways and Means Committee uh, sounding the alarm, but the big one we'll go with was CNN because you could make the other you can make the, the case that the House of Ways House Ways and Means Committee is run by Republicans, so it's mm-hmm. biased. Yeah, it's partisan. We know that CNN is fair and and almost balanced, <laughs> just fair and almost balanced. Uh, CNN reporter Daniel Dale, who works to fact-check political claims for the outlet, accused Biden of making false and misleading claims. Uh-huh. Some of Biden's claims in the speech were false, misleading, or lacking critical context. Topping the list of fact-checks was Biden's claim that his administration has funded 700,000 major construction projects across America. When confronted with it, the White House admitted that it was a mistake. He added two zeros. It was 7,000. Yeah, what's a couple of zeros between friends? Uh, Also took aim at Biden for his claim that only 3.5 million people had uh, uh, been vaccinated when Trump left office in 2021, it was uh, actually 19 million. But remember, people, the average person only started thinking about this. He's criticizing him, saying it was only 9.5 million. If it was only 9.5 million by the time he was out by January, was it 20th? Yeah, right. <laughs> the average person was only getting vaccines for three weeks. Right. At that point. And so it was 19 million in three weeks. That's, that's, but even if it was nine, even if it was just nine million, that's a lot. Yeah. In three weeks. Right. And remember, it was the Democrats, gosh, going back on history, remember it was the Democrats that said, what Democrat came out and said back then that the vaccine was good? None. No, in fact, the then governor of of uh, New York promised to stop it. Remember? Yeah. We're going to shut it down. They laughed when Trump said it would be ready very soon. During the debate. During the debate, yeah. He said, no, we're, we're yeah. very, very close. And they were yeah. mocking him. Mo- exactly. And then you had, I think, every major Democrat come out and say, well, we don't know if we trust the vaccine because it's right. the Trump vaccine. Right. Now, Trump. <laughs> now, tr- many Trump supporters don't trust the vaccine, right? And and Democrats swear by it. Yes. Interesting how that. Interesting how that changed, isn't it? It. Oh yeah, it flipped very completely, very, very uh, uh, quickly in that. Oh, 
once the mandates started hitting, it was a very different story. You see one of the things that, uh, that uh, oh, I forgot who was saying it, consultant was saying Trump needs to shut up about the vaccine and the great success about it. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's not going to go well with your base. That's like, yeah. What well, are you doing? Yeah. That's not a good one. <laughs> it's like, do you know what's happened since then? Right. You, need, you, need, you need to get off the golf course. <laughs> right. Things have changed. Oh, the other thing about Trump that I have to I, I saw that uh, he was with, again, mainstream media giving exclusive interviews to mainstream media again. Hmm. It's like and then you saw these filing a 50 million dollar suit because he did an interview with Bob Woodward and Bob Woodward used part of the interview. <laughs> yeah. What did you think he what, was going to do? What, what the hell are you talking to Bob Woodward for ever? Right. I just don't get it with it. I don't I just will never understand why he does those things and then and then is surprised when they when they ambush him. Yeah. Or they, or they use it, or they say they won't, but they do, or whatever. That's right, what he's claiming. Right, right. But you really believe that if any reporter, if a Bob Woodward, if you do an interview, that he's going to make that promise to you? Especially that reporter. Right. That Bob Woodward <laughs> isn't going to use what you tell him? I'm doing the interview here uh, for you. I hate your guts, by the way, because mm-hmm. Woodward is not a fan of Trump at all. I hate your guts. Oh, you're going to do an interview? Okay, let's do this long interview and uh, I might not use parts of it. Oh, okay. Up, 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 up. Let me well, do sit down with Bob with Woodward. Yeah, I'm going to sit down with a man and tell him my life story. He said he wants to learn more about my life story. And he just wants to sit and have a conversation. What's his name? Oliver Stone. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the beauty about Oliver Stone is none of what he says about you will be true or, or factually true at all. How much will be true from Bob Woodward? That's these true. Days. No, no, you're right. You're right. But, I mean, you yeah, know, but Trump's suing him because he's apparently saying things that if they're, he's not, uh, from what I saw in the lawsuit, he's not mm-hmm. claiming it's not true. Right. He's claiming he wasn't supposed to write about it. Right. So he's sort of claiming that it is true. You would infer that he's claiming it was true. Yeah, because the first claim you would say is that he's publishing things that aren't true. Right. If and that, they weren't. And that'd be a defamation loss. Right. And that would be, you could actually probably get with malice because you did an interview with him and he's right basically lying about what you said to right. him. You, you agreed on terms for that interview, right? Yeah. So, and this just goes, uh, uh, oh, there it is. Okay, yeah, it was McCarthy. Mar- McCarthy sets up votes. Uh, to dismantle Biden's COVID emergency, that that also I just want to I just saw yeah. that in this in this story after mm. uh, the after CNN fact checking uh, Biden because mm. I mentioned it before, but uh, with uh, Biden coming out yesterday and saying, oh, "Okay, the COVID emergency is over on May 11th," it's like why then? Well, you need time to you know slowly stop everything. I I don't know the specifics of it. Yeah. that's what they were claiming. You need to ramp things down slowly, and so they asked McCarthy, "Well, why?" Are you going to continue with the vote if he's done it? He goes, because we don't believe him. We don't believe him. Because <laughs> they could abandon the vote and say, okay, well, no need. Right. But then on May 10th, oh, by the way, we're going to extend this out. Well, they're playing political chess. Right. I mean, and they, they, they want now, now the Democrats can sit there and say, well, no, we're not going to vote. We're not going to vote to get rid of the emergency because he's already done it. So they're right. playing political chess here. Mm-hmm. Well, the only reason I voted against it was because Biden's already said he's getting rid of it. So obviously it was political. It was a political chess game going on. And I thought it was McCarthy's response was great. Well, why would you be holding the vote anyway if it's going to end on May 11th? Because he lies and we don't believe him. Right. 
Okay. There's, there's no way to dispute that. No. There isn't. No. There's just zero reason to trust them. It's like that was actually good. Yeah. 86690-RED-EYE. The Inflation Reduction Act has money in it to upgrade the nation's electric power grid, and within that investment... There's a significant investment uh, in rural uh, electric cooperatives. And Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack has just announced another in a series of those investments. This time, it's $613 million in loans to help 64 rural electric providers in 26 states to modernize their grids, produce cleaner energy, and install smart grid technology. Of those kinds of rural electric projects, Secretary Vilsack has said many times... This is going to result not just in additional jobs, not just in cleaner energy. It's also going to result in in lower utility costs uh, for... uh, Americans living in rural places. Bill's like said, we can expect more energy-related funding announcements in the coming months. The Inflation Reduction Act has a total of $12 billion for USDA to use to expand clean energy and transform rural energy production. Gary Crawford reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. The USDA report is brought to you by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Highway Diesel Fuel. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. If you'd like to get in. Did you see this? This is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the U.S. Population Center is on track to take a southern turn for the first time in the history of the republic. In 2022, the south outgrew other regions by more than a million people with births outpacing deaths and domestic and international migration, according to the U.S. Census Bureau population estimates. The Northeast and Midwest lost residents, and the West grew by 153,000 people. The West would have lost population if not for immigrants and births outpacing deaths. Comparatively, though, the South grew by 1.3 million new residents. Wow. Six of the 10 states with the biggest growth in the last year were in the South. Texas, in this order, Texas, Florida, North Carolina, and Georgia. According to the Associated Press, experts say, (laughs) some experts say, (laughs) experts say the migration has to do with housing affordability, lower taxes, the popularity of remote work, and baby boomer retirement. Uh, said one uh, retire uh, one retiree who retired early, uh, at 50, 56 years of age, moved from California at to from California to Florida. You're in better financial shape in terms of prices here, uh, but there are more expenditures to maintain property. Hmm. I don't know what he meant by that. They don't go into details on hmm. it. Well, because you're allowed to use water. <laughs> oh, well. Okay. You're allowed to use water on your yeah. lawn. <laughs> so, right. No, I don't know if that's the reason why. I'm just well, assuming. I mean, what, there, what, that what, could what, be one of the reasons. Yeah, right? what, what would what would the expenditures uh, uh, be? 
I got a bunch of friends. I mean, I know so many people that I originally grew up with in New York or in Florida. Hmm. You know, and they're most are around, you know, near or uh, at retirement age. Right. And they've all, but as Seinfeld said, that's, you know, that's where you go to die. It's, it's Florida. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. What do they call it? God's waiting room? God's, Seinfeld said that or something yeah. like that. Didn't he do? Sorry. I think so. He made a joke somewhere along that, but it's been repeated over the years. But yeah. a huge retirement drive, mm-hmm. you know, basically to move to uh, the South. But Florida has been a huge, huge retirement state for a long time. Individuals and businesses with tax problems. Listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control of your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank accounts, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problem now by calling the experts at U.S. Tax Shield and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. U.S. Tax Shield offers a price protection guaranteed quote to get you protected today. U.S. Tax Shield is A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, so call now. 800-785-9132. That's 800-785-9132. U.S. Tax Shield. 800-785-9132. The IRS, the world's most aggressive collection agency. They can seize your property, bank account, and garnish your wages. They cause sleepless nights for millions of Americans. Don't be one of them. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, get protected today. Call 800-312-9970. Coast One Tax Group, protecting your bank, home, and your sleep since 2008. With hundreds of five-star reviews and an A-plus on the Better Business Bureau. Call Coast One Tax Group, 800-312-9970. Stanley from New York owed $93,000. The IRS placed a levy on his bank account. Coast One released the levy and settled with the IRS for $2,000. Mark in Michigan owed $225,000. After Coast One stepped in, Mark walked away paying less than $1,500. Call Coast One now. A 10-minute call can save you up to 93% on your back taxes. Get your fresh start today. That's 800-312-9970. Hey, Gen Z, talking to you. Did you know that HIV is still a problem in the U.S.? Did you know that HIV is not the same as AIDS? Did you know that all genders are vulnerable to HIV? Did you know that current treatments for HIV can prevent the disease from progressing and prevent transmission to others? Did you know that when HIV is undetectable, it is also untransmissible? Did you know that 21% of new HIV cases in the U.S. occur among those ages 13 to 24? Now you know. Get the facts about HIV and get tested. Everyone should get tested at least once as part of routine health care. People with higher risk factors should be tested at least once a year. The Elizabeth Taylor AIDS Foundation can help you learn more and find free, fast, confidential testing near you at etaf.org slash resources. That's etaf.org to learn more. Furnished by the Elizabeth Taylor AIDS Foundation.
Join the conversation using the Shell Rotella hotline. 866-907-3339. Red Eye Radio. Call in and get a word in edgewise. Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Well, when we started the show, we started uh, uh, talking about uh, the the uh, the story out there about the polling that's uh, that was done here. It came out yesterday that showed that the majority of Americans believe the worst problem right now uh, is the government. Not inflation, not the economy, but the performance of the government. We said, oh, it's about time, because uh, Eric and I have said for the longest time, every major problem we face today, is not because the government can't solve a problem. It's because they caused the problem and they don't wish to solve it. Right. And that's why we are where we are. And we gave, uh, as an example, the story, be, because we're just, you, the, the, you, you can't beat the imagery that, give an example about not on a national front, but on a state front, the state of California, because of legal marijuana, and because of the taxation and regulation on it, that Jerry Garcia, uh, Jerry Garcia's pot company is moving out of the state. They can't make any money in California. And the cartels are booming. And legal pot production companies and retail outlets are hurting bad filing bankruptcy, and leaving the state. And we said only liberalism could kill the legal drug business. Yeah. It, how many years in the making? I mean, I wonder if you went back. The first real, even grassroots calling for, I, see what I did there? Grassroots. The legalization but it went on forever. Pretty much my entire life. And then you get it. California, as states go, California is the poster child for, for legalization. You could argue maybe maybe Colorado would compete for that title. But California, based on its size and the culture of California, how is it not going to work, right? Well, as we've been saying for many years, as they were screaming, legalize it and tax it, we said, whoa, whoa, legalize it, fine, don't tax it. You're going to tax it through the roof, and the black market will come in, in this case, the cartels, and they'll take control. And that's what is happening in California, to the extent that the Jerry Garcia pot company is leaving California. And you must admit, that is almost, it's perfect branding. I even think it's better than the Tommy Chong. No, I think it has probably oh, yes. a, a more serious, uh, because Tommy Chong 
as a comedian. Yes. I, I think it has a more serious uh, uh, undertone applied to it. Yeah, I oh. can, you could make that argument. Plus the dead fanaticism that still exists today. Right. Mm-hmm. And and so you look you know, perfect branding. Per, I mean, just perfect. And you say, okay, that's perfect branding, and they can't make it. Then there's branding of a of a company or business that comes completely by, oh, okay, this is what I'm going to name it, and it completely backfires and doesn't backfire on you. The story that I read yesterday, this woman in Connecticut, she wanted to have a breakfast and coffee place, and she wanted to have some offshoot of Awake in, you know, the the name of her business. Mm. She wanted to call it breakfast and coffee, so she was looking for something. Now, this is a woman who said, I never watch the news. So there are some terms that she had no idea what they meant. So she named her breakfast and coffee restaurant Woke Breakfast and Coffee. While she was finalizing the permits at Town Hall, another resident advised her, you better check Facebook. There she saw the criticism that the restaurant's name was getting, suggesting that she she had chosen the the name Woke to make a political statement. And then she said, "I, I never watched the news. I have no idea what it meant. She looked it up and saw what it meant. But she already had the sign up and everything else. And so she was afraid nobody was going to come, but then the left loved the name of the restaurant. Yeah, you got a bunch of uh, <laughs> activists that are going to be having breakfast and coffee every morning. And so her, her, you know, they got to fuel up somewhere. <laughs> so the business has been has been uh, doing uh, very good since that point. But I just, I mean, I just love that story. Woke breakfast and coffee because. Any of us, anybody who's paying attention, you go by, you go, oh, man. Because you'd be afraid to go in. Mm-hmm. What am I going to, if this is woke, am I going to have to ask, you know, am I, am I going to have to, is this like going in to see the soup Nazi? Am I going to have to have a particular? Well, here's the thing. One thing, one of them they're not going to host is coffee with a cop. It's <laughs> Well, I mean, you do wonder. Uh oh, I'm not going to go in there. And well, now they're, 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 the the activists will be coming in. Hey, could you defund my breakfast, <laughs> please? <laughs> um, <laughs> I love that story. It could, it could it could go badly. Seriously, would you not just maybe just. Google it once before you order the sign. <laughs> I better check what this woke is all about. Yeah. Yeah. Right. She, uh, her son created the logo, features a fried egg in place of the O in woke. Okay. Now I'm blaming her son because <laughs> there's no way he didn't know. The family included the logo on the restaurant's website menus and mugs. The shop's catchphrase is, you woke up and made the right choice. So it's woke breakfast and coffee. 
She put up the sign in September, and then a lot of residents didn't like the name. Well, because if it says woke, if it's woke, is that if that's the name of the place, and then the slogan, you woke up and made the right choice, then I'm totally thinking an activist is owning this. Yes. Made the right choice. Uh, yeah, you might as well go with it. The Republican town committee came out in support of woke last week. The mayor and, is the mayor's name Chaz. <laughs> <laughs> so the town, the uh, the Republican town committee came out in favor mm. uh, uh, of it, uh, and they said, "Well, the name it may at first set off some conservatives' alarm bells." It is clear that the owner never intended for it to be a political statement. So apparently, Republicans are going there too now. Well, it's, here's the thing. The, the, the first sign that it may be, you know, like a, a place where activists gather is when they're all standing at the counter. Hell no, we want it to go. Hell no, we want it to go. I'm blaming her son. There's no way he didn't know. He calls the sister. Hey, did you hear what mama's naming the place she's opening? No. What? Woke. We're calling it woke. Does, does, does she know what that means? Yeah. No. Are you telling her? No. In fact, I'm designing her logo. I she, want to see what happens. She is a legal immigrant from Mexico City, came as a child. Yeah. And uh, she they, they only, in 2005, when she moved to Connecticut, mm-hmm. her and her husband mm-hmm. only spoke Spanish. Mm-hmm. And all they did was cook in restaurants constantly. Yeah. So they had no, they really didn't have any idea. It seems like they had no idea at all. Her son knew. You're going <laughs> to You can't convince that, me. Huh? You can't convince me otherwise. <laughs> he woke up and made the right, right choice. Look, if the family's living totally off the grid, you might be able to you know, convince but me. But the thing is, yeah, I know people, I know I know people that have no idea what's going on in the news. Mm-hmm. I tell you right now, I know family members I can go to right now. They'll have no idea what woke means. None. None. And they're they're more conservative. They vote Republican, but I'm they not, don't pay attention. I'm, I'm but not they, doubting but they, she doesn't but know. They don't, but they don't pay attention to the news. I'm not doubting she doesn't know. Yeah. There's a lot of young people you, that... That that don't, don't pay attention. The, to, that don't know what the word woke means. That don't pay attention to the news. Mm-hmm. They have no idea. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're just you, you are you are in the elite of highly intelligent, well-read people. You mean I'm in a room with those people? What do you mean I'm in? Oh, what? Huh? You're in that group. Mm-hmm. You know, we're uh, of us. We're special. Or, we're, or we're, anybody we're, that has a oh, let me finish phone. Here. Let me finish here. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're special. We're better. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to fly either. That wasn't woke. <laughs> that's not going to fly. Oh, wait at a minute. All. No, it was woke. <laughs> that was woke. Yeah. I'm a liberal elitist, so I'm better. Uh, no, but um, no, there's a ton of people that just don't pay attention. I got I've got mm. friends of mine that know nothing about politics at all. They couldn't they probably couldn't tell you who the vice that president was. Her son. Yeah. I know young is is hip enough to design the logo and clearly has a cell phone. 
uh, doesn't know what the no, word woke means. Yep, I guarantee you there are young people that have no idea what's going on in the news mm, at all, okay. whatsoever. All right. None. Yeah, I don't believe that for a second. Yeah. No, no just, uh, yeah, so. Yeah. But no, the son was 23 years old. Yeah. So, no, I tell you right now, there are people that have no idea what's going on. Young people that have no idea. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, well I mean, believe, I, I, you can believe that. Well, I won't I, ever believe I, that. I, I, I like your optimism that all that people are very well versed in what's going on. But well, you don't they have don't. to be. All you have to do is have a cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> telling you right now. When, when have we not seen the word woke everywhere over the last six years? Yeah, I'm telling you, there are people that have no idea what's going on in politics. Mm-hmm. I'm not judging their intelligence. I'm mm-hmm. just saying their interests are completely outside of politics. Well, it's it, it's pop culture. The word woke, woke is everywhere. There are people that are not into that part of the pop culture. Okay. 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. If you like listening to Red Eye On Demand, we have more of Eric Harley and... Hey, it's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. So did I say Eric Harley? I don't know. I think I did. Why not? Uh, just very quickly on that uh, poll, uh, they asked what's America's top problems, you, or what's the top problem in America. You only got one, you only got, you know, one guess, you know, or not whatever, one answer. Hmm. Uh, poll found 21% of U.S. adults see government and its poor leadership as the top problem. 15% see inflation, then immigration and the economy uh, came in. Second, third, and fourth. Is everything an acceptable answer? <laughs> What's wrong with everything? Throw all the bums out. And then you hang up the phone. <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah. know if they gave you multiple choice on that or whether you just picked out. But, well, I would, but I, if you ask me what's the biggest problem facing this country... Obviously, it is government because they're causing the major problem. Every major problem we have is because of the government well, and, yeah. and, and because of the way the people have voted in this country over I, the last 20 years. I would also say a close number two would be uh, lack of choices by pollsters. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would hang up the phone. <laughs> um, look, it's encouraging but then you break it down to the, okay, what should be done about it question. And that's when people like Scott Rasmussen go, okay, no, no, I got to go. No, I got to go. I can't talk anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, that's where everything you, goes sideways. Could you break it down? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, it's, you know, that's where the, uh, again, you when you're looking for what people think the solutions should be, and government is a big you know, it's a big umbrella. Okay, you know, what what about government? Government's not doing enough for you. Government's doing too much. Well, I mean, that would be that would be on the issue side. Mm-hmm. On 
what's the biggest problem we have today, I would say envy and jealousy still leads. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.